from the Holy Gospel according to John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Caiaphas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's gospel, we hear John's account of the calling of the first disciples, and Jesus poses a question that echoes throughout time and still resonates with us today. What are you looking for? We see it echoing also in the gospel itself as Jesus asks this question two more times. Once in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asks the soldiers who've come to arrest him, and again at the tomb on the first Easter morning, Jesus asks Mary Magdalene, though she does not recognize him, whom are you looking for? All three of these instances, the first disciples, the soldiers, Mary Magdalene, they are a manifestation of Jesus' knowledge of what is in the depths of the human heart and his attempt to provoke the persons to stop and reflect and look into the depths of their heart. Jesus knows every heart is searching for something. We could say for peace or joy, fulfillment, love. Yet he also knows that the human heart can be misguided in its search. The first disciples, they have to learn who the Messiah truly is 
and what he came to do. The soldiers are obedient, but they are obedient to an earthly king and not recognizing the king of the universe. Mary Magdalene thinks she has lost Jesus, so her heart must be healed of its sadness in order to have eyes to see and recognize the risen Christ. Jesus knows that sin and evil cause wounds in the human heart, which leads to spiritual blindness, going the wrong direction sometimes, settling for less than true love. Jesus knows this about the human heart, so he asks this question to provoke a response, to encourage us to reflect and contemplate and look in the depths of our heart for the authentic answer to this vital question. What am I looking for? Whom am I looking for? Am I living my life in a way that is helping me come closer to what I truly desire? Or am I settling in some ways for lesser or counterfeits of what I truly desire? Two weeks ago, I preached about Pope Francis's new cycle of catechesis on the theme of the vices and virtues, which he is offering at his weekly Wednesday general audiences. And in the first audience of this cycle on December 27th, he talked about the principle of safeguarding the heart. This is not the same thing as closing off the heart. It's much different than that. Safeguarding the heart is about opening our hearts in rightly ordered ways. That is, opening our hearts first to God. Starting by allowing true love to be first in. Not allowing evil and vices to enter in and disrupt and poison our relationship with God and neighbor. We only have one heart. And it's precious and must be safeguarded. So at that first audience in this cycle, Pope Francis said this. Guard the heart. Guard the heart. Guard the heart. Three times. It's a form of wisdom, he said, to guard the heart. He who guards the heart guards a treasure. The next week, in his second audience in the cycle, Pope Francis spoke about another principle, a principle of spiritual striving. And he said this. Again, we're talking about, he's setting up the the theme of vices and virtues. So he starts with these first two principles before he gets into the vices and virtues. And this principle of spiritual striving, he said, the spiritual life of the Christian is not peaceful and linear and without challenges. On the contrary, Christian life demands constant struggle because life is a succession of trials and temptations. He then quoted Abba Anthony the Great, a fourth century desert father, who said this, remove temptations and no one would be saved. Remove temptations and no one would be saved. What does he mean by this? Pope Francis explained this. Saints are not men and women who have been spared temptation, but rather people who are well aware of the fact that in life, the seductions of evil appear repeatedly to be unmasked and rejected. We have all experienced this, all of us. A bad thought comes to you. You feel a desire to do this or that, to speak badly of others. All of us, all of us are tempted and we must strive not to give in to these temptations. And I like this last part he said, we all have to learn how to behave in these situations. 
thought that was a, an interesting word. I mean, it's a translated into English, but I think it's an interesting word. We all learn, have to learn how to behave in these situations. And Jesus came into our world as a light in the darkness. He came to show us that God is with us even in these temptations, that God is with us in the battle. Jesus didn't just come to ask a thought-provoking question. He came to wake us up to the truest, deepest, and purest desires in our hearts, to show us that the battle and the victory belongs to him. And to show us, as we heard in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, that our hearts, our bodies, our whole selves belong first and foremost to him. We have been redeemed. That means, as we heard in that second reading, we have been purchased at a great price. That, that's the price right there on the, on the cross. We have been purchased. And our bodies are meant first and foremost to be a temple of the Holy Spirit within us. And the spiritual striving that this world brings amidst struggles and temptations, we can often be deceived. Pope Francis said that life is made up of challenges, tests, crossroads, opposing views, hidden seductions, and contradictory voices. It's these contradictory voices that we should be wary of following. But we all know, we all are quite aware, we live in this society that often gives more attention and more weight to the voices that are contradictory to God's voice. We treat God and his commandments as though they were merely one option of many that we can choose from. Or even worse, we treat God's commandments as outdated, something to be changed, or something to be rejected. As Pope Francis said, in the life of a disciple striving for heaven, we must learn how to behave. We must. These contradictory voices must be unmasked, recognized for what they are, and then rejected. We must continually seek repentance and purification for the ways that we have Listen to and follow the wrong voices and get better and better at, as we heard in the first book of Samuel, becoming more familiar with the Lord, recognizing his voice calling and respond often with Samuel's words. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then not permit any word of the Lord's to be without effect and continually purifying our thoughts, words, and actions. It's a lifelong project. And this is our Marian virtue of the month for January. Purity, purifying. Surpassing purity is our virtue of the month. In our gospel, we heard the call of the first disciples. And they are an inspiration to us because of how they dropped everything to follow Jesus. But it's really Mary who is the first disciple. The first to know Jesus as our Lord and our God. The prime disciple, the prime example of what it means to always be pointed to her son, our Lord and Savior. And she is the greatest inspiration to our faith. From the moment of her immaculate conception, she has always followed God and his ways. She has never followed a contradictory voice or failed to follow God's voice. 
even when she didn't fully understand, her surpassing purity enabled her to say yes to God's plan. She has always remained pure because she has never used her free will to deny God, to accept something less than God, or to follow a path other than God's path of holiness for her and for the human race. Her purity is surpassing, that is, it's incomparable, and it stands out amongst all humans because of this enduring constancy. Through our sins and the ways we have followed the wrong voices from time to time in our lives, we have forfeited our purity. But through Jesus' mercy and Mary's intercession for us, we can always regain purity. Listening and reading the word of God purifies our mind and our heart. Receiving the Eucharist heals and purifies and conforms us to be more and more like Jesus in body and soul. Going to confession forgives our sins and makes our hearts pure again. And reflecting on Jesus' question can help us in our spiritual striving. What am I looking for? Whom am I looking for? Am I living my life in a way that is helping me come closer to what I truly desire? Or am I settling for lesser or counterfeits of what I truly desire? As we reflect on how we're living our life and the choices we make day to day, with the help of Jesus and Mary, we can keep on striving to change and purify our ways, to better safeguard and purify our hearts, to be careful about what media and voices we let into our eyes, ears, minds, and hearts, to be mindful of what we say about other people or what we listen to about other people, to make our intentions free of manipulation and more pure in loving and serving others, to spend more and more time contemplating the things above, holy things, and letting God's love and mercy in first, so that we are better at recognizing, listening to, and following God's voice always.